The Sacramento Kings learn from their mistakes on Monday's loss to the Golden State Warriors, put together a steady and similar performance tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but find a way to close it out and get the win. Today on Locked On Kings, we'll react to the great from this game. We'll hear from Mike Brown, talk about Harrison Barnes' nice bounce-back performance and more right here on Locked On Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season today presented by LinkedIn. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn and LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports producer and reporter at ABC 10 News. I'm currently inside the Golden One Center. I'm sitting courtside instead of standing on the court this time because you may be able to hear it. I sound and I feel like crap. I've been hit hard by the cold that's going around Sacramento, seemingly all of California at this point. My son had it. He gave it to me. The good thing is it's not COVID. Don't worry, I tested negative. Maybe shouldn't have come to the game tonight, to be honest. As the game went on, my situation got worse, but I'm glad I was here to see the Sacramento Kings pull off the victory. I'm actually sitting right now in the famous vomit chair, the courtside seat where last season, if you remember, a Kings fan vomited all over the floor. I'm, it felt fitting for me to sit in this chair. Not that I'm nauseous, but you know, if I'm going to be sick, might as well sit in the famous sick chair here in the Golden One Center. The good news is the Sacramento Kings play tonight didn't make me want to vomit. In fact, it was not the most exciting of games. There were exciting moments like Malik Monk's uh, block on Jared Allen and then transition three. Uh, there was a really nice uh, alley-oop to Chemezi Metu. Metu also had another nice dunk uh, in the first half. There was a lot to like and certain highlights in this game for the Kings to get their fans going a little bit, and they definitely got the rhythm up and got the volume up in this building towards that fourth quarter. But it, while it wasn't the flashiest game, it was a welcome, steady performance for the Sacramento Kings. A lot of people call it a complete game. I think steady is a better way to sum up what the Kings did. And it was very similar in a lot of ways and an improvement on how the Kings played against the Golden State Warriors on Monday. Now, that game got off to a little bit of a rough start in the first quarter. And remember, the Kings allowed Golden State to get off to a run at the start of the third quarter. But in this game, in particular, this is what I'm talking about. The Kings and their ability to start not necessarily strong, but just start steady, have a pulse, be engaged on both ends of the floor, even if shots aren't falling. And believe me, the Kings and the Cavaliers started out this game not hitting shots. If the Kings can put together a steady start to the first and second halves, they put themselves in a really good position. That's what they did tonight. So I don't necessarily consider it a complete game, even though the Kings led for basically the entire game until very early on in the fourth quarter. I call it a steady performance for Sacramento. And in this performance, the Kings didn't panic when things started getting out of hand. Now in the third quarter, I started recognizing a lot of similarities between how that uh, Warriors game finished and how the Warriors were able to come back, close the lead, and ultimately win the game, and how the Kings were able to win the game tonight. I started seeing some similarities, and the big difference 
was with Davion, or Donovan Mitchell going, rather. Donovan had, I think, 37 points tonight, uh, or 38 points, excuse me. Donovan Mitchell was fantastic for the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, very similar to how Steph Curry was phenomenal for the Golden State Warriors on Monday. You started seeing that trend, seeing that parallel. Well, the Kings didn't panic when they lost the lead. In fact, they responded really, really well. They didn't necessarily snatch the lead right back, but they evened up the game again, and then it was a lot of lead changes and kind of back and forth before the Kings created just enough separation at the end to close out the 127 to 120 victory. And what that says to me is this Kings team is capable of learning lessons quickly, and they've learned a lot of lessons and grown a lot even from the first game of the season to where they're at right now. A four and six start, two games under 500, right? But if I had told you with the start of this schedule, especially with the Kings getting off to an 0-4 start, that after 10 games the Kings would be 4-6 and with wins over Cleveland, with wins over Miami, with a comeback win on the road in Charlotte, I think a lot of Kings fans would have been very happy with that, especially with the context that we know of. There are two games during this road trip that Sacramento easily could have won. I shouldn't say easily. Definitely had a chance to win because of how the game finished and obviously the controversies in both of those games. They could be on a 5-0 stretch right now. So they could be 6-4. But here we are. Kings are 4-6. and six. They're growing. They're clearly learning. Mistakes that they made early on, they're fixing quickly. It's not taking half a season or three-quarters of a season for the team to see growth. We're seeing, okay, 0-4 star. They did things wrong. They weren't necessarily putting together full games or or steady complete performances or close to complete performances they had stretches of really good but it wasn't very consistent now they're putting together really consistent stretches of basketball for most of the game they're still struggling a little bit on closing out a game and securing a win thankfully they were able to do it tonight that's a welcome sight and i attribute a lot of that to mike brown and his coaching staff but i also give a lot of credit to the sacramento kings who are willing to take those notes who are putting in the work clearly in the practice facility and in the film room, recognizing what they're doing wrong and correcting those mistakes. Overall, like this is more growth in a short period of time that we've seen out of the Sacramento Kings during the season than really we've seen in four or five seasons, to be honest with you. Even going back to the 2018 season when the Kings got off to that really, 2018-2019 season, when the Kings got off to that really, really hot start, right? But they, uh, not they didn't progress, they digressed as the game or as the season went on. In this case, they started a little bit slow, but it didn't take, like I said, halfway through the season for that progression to start showing. They showed it right away. They're not allowing themselves to fall too deep in a hole, which was a very big concern of mine, as you know, when they got off to that 0-4 start. So I'm thrilled with 4-6, and six, especially with the context of this could be 5-5, five and five, it could be 6-4, and four. some might say it could be 7-3. and three. The Kings have been in almost every single game they've played, and there's a belief that they can be competitive and win on every given night. They might not be the favorite most of the time, but they can compete, they can can win, and they defended their home floor well against a very, very good Cleveland Cavaliers team. I think some people think the Cavaliers are overrated. I'm not one of those people. I think Cleveland is very good. So how are you feeling? Let me know. A four and six start considering how this game got going. How are you feeling? Reach out to me on Twitter, at MattGeorgeSack. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. And who do you give the most credit to, if at all, one person in particular, for how the Kings have turned things around? They've won four of their last six games. Sorry. They've won four. Yeah. No, they've won four of their last six games after the 0-4 start. That's, that's solid. That's good turnaround. And 
a good chance for another win here coming up in Los Angeles. And then you got the Golden State Warriors for a little slice of revenge pie back in this building on Sunday. Tough games for sure, but winnable games. Every time the Kings take the floor, especially when they play as consistent and steady as they did tonight, they have a great chance to win. What I really like about the Kings in this game is how well they shared the basketball. I mean, they got so many players involved. Seven players finished in double-figure scoring. That's a team win. Nobody scored more than 21 points. DeMontis Sabonis had 21. Harrison Barnes had 20. De'Aaron Fox, I think, had 16 points or something like that. They didn't need heroic Fox. They didn't need heroic anybody. It was a steady team performance, and no stat shows that better than 30 assists on 40 made shots with just nine turnovers. A 30-9 to assist-to-turnover ratio... Yeah, it's a recipe for winning. The Kings are also pretty solid at the line. 30 of 35 from the foul line, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 30 of 35, 85.7%. They got to the foul line 15 more times than the Cleveland Cavaliers did. A lot of that had to do with the aggressiveness. That's a welcome sign. Points in the paint. The Cavaliers got 64 points in the paint. So defensively, they definitely could have been better there. Kings had 40 points in the paint. Um, and the Kings were kind of beat up a little bit on second chance points, giving up 15 second chance points on uh, 12 offensive rebounds for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But ultimately, Sacramento's ability to take care of the basketball, to move the basketball, everybody getting some a little bit. Again, nobody really exploded. You had good stretches out of different players at different points. And I'm going to go down the list and talk about a bunch of different players because they all deserve, or a lot of them deserve, some sort of recognition. And there's going to be some of them that I actually leave out that deserve recognition. I'm not even going to talk about DeMontis Sabonis, who led the team in scoring tonight. Rebounding-wise, had a bit of a rough game. I think I looked up at one point during the second quarter, and he only had one rebound, finished with five. But what I really like is he went 11 of 12 from the foul line. That's great to see from DeMontis Sabonis, considering a game that he had at the foul line a couple of games ago. I think that was the Orlando game, if I'm not mistaken. I want to talk, though, before we dive into the players specifically, I want to talk a little bit about Mike Brown, because I like a lot of what Mike Brown's doing, but I also think towards the end of this game, Mike Brown got a little too cute in a specific area, and I want to talk about that. Plus, you're going to hear a couple of really good sound bites from Mike Brown. You're also going to hear from Harrison Barnes, who I'll talk about him. I'll talk about Trey Lyles. Uh, I'll talk about Malik Monk, Chemezi Metu a little bit. A lot of guys that I want to talk about still to come here on Locked on Kings. That's after I tell you more about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager sometimes, and you want to make sure or have 100% certainty that you are interviewing and hiring the best candidates available for your position. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and here's the best part, for free. All you small businesses out there trying to save money while also getting the right people, LinkedIn Jobs is the route to go. They have great tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Now, here's the big thing that Locked On is doing for you. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. And if you post your job right now, you'll post it for free by going to LinkedInJobs.com. Sorry, that's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Whew, I'm not dealing with the Michael Jordan flu game, but it feels like my version of it. I'm powering through, but I'm going to get through it. Let's talk about Mike Brown a little bit. I thought he did a lot of things really, really right in this game. I like the rotations that he's putting together. If I have to be negative about one thing from this game, it's that I, I, I felt that Mike Brown 
got a little too cute with how he handled De'Aaron Fox at the end of this game. I understand that Davion Mitchell in that lineup in the game towards the end was having success. They, they didn't necessarily build a lead back for the Kings, but they had a small lead and they were able to sustain it. They were playing decent defensively or really honestly good defensively. And Davion Mitchell, I thought, was doing a good job running the Kings. That being said, it was a close game. It's winning time. Donovan Mitchell is in the game for the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is most of their best players. Like, I understand that lineup is playing well, coach, but De'Aaron Fox is your star. De'Aaron Fox is your best player. Now, ultimately, it didn't really matter. Well, it kind of did. Because when the Kings put De'Aaron Fox back into the game, which was at the 2.42 mark, De'Aaron and the Kings closed out the game on a 10-4-1 to win by 7. Now, it wasn't all because of De'Aaron. It wasn't De'Aaron scoring the majority of those 10 points. In fact, I don't necessarily remember if he scored any of those 10 points. He took on the the, uh, assignment of guarding Donovan Mitchell, and I don't remember Donovan scoring at any point in that final 10-4 run to end the game. Like, I get De'Aaron got a, a good amount of rest. I think I'm being nitpicky. I recognize that I'm being nitpicky here because I'm, I'm also basing a lot of this off of how Mike has tried to play maybe a little too much with his rotations and, and with his lineups uh, and, and, and try and create more than necessarily he has to over the course of this season so far. In fact, Mike Brown spoke very openly after the game about how he needed to own up and take some accountability for this four and six starts and this loss, especially the 0 and four start to the season, because he was trying to play too much or was putting out lineups that he wasn't too sure about or confident in, but he kind of needed to see. He talks a lot about growing with the team while they grow with him. Take a listen. I I give our guys credit. They're, they're, They're really trying to do what we're asking them to do. Also, too, I got to take ownership in it. You know, I've I wasn't good early on because I'm still learning the team, you know. I didn't really have a feel of who to put on the floor. I put guys on the floor, but I wasn't always confident about it because I didn't know. I didn't know the group. I didn't know how they would respond with the lights on and two minutes to go in a tight ball game. And uh, So we're all learning and growing together, and we're learning each other. Uh, We're learning how to execute offensively. Uh, We're finding ways to get stops, and uh, as long as we – keep trending upwards, which we're doing. And again, every once in a while, we'll take a dip and we'll live with that because if we take a dip with the way these guys are working and how together they are, we won't dip for long. But uh, as long as we keep trending upwards, include myself and my staff, then uh, I think we'll get better in in, in these types of situations. But uh, like I said, versus a good team, uh, it feels good to get one. I really like what Mike said there. I thought it was very transparent. I thought it was very open. I agree with everything that he said. So again, I, th- I think I'm being a little nitpicky with the holding De'Aaron Fox out as late as it is. And I know I interacted with some of you on Twitter who said, Davion Mitchell's playing well. The Sacramento Kings are sustaining a lead. Yeah, keep going. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I understand, just to me, De'Aaron Fox is your best player in 29 other markets. Your best player's on the floor there, even if your backup point guard's got you in that spot. Now, it's a different scenario if the Kings were down 20 and a bench lineup brought them all the way back. Then, okay, you stick with them. But in this case, the game was close the entire night, and even if De'Aaron Fox wasn't dominating by any means, he's still such a threat. And he also had, with his 16 points, he had eight assists, so he was getting his teammates involved. He's such a threat, and he's now a positive on the defensive end of the floor. I just, I don't, I don't really understand any argument for keeping De'Aaron Fox out. Thankfully... Mike closed with him over the final two minutes and some change, and it worked out for Sacramento. I give Mike Brown a ton of credit 
for what he is doing with Trey Lyles. Like, I think Trey Lyles has been excellent. And I was watching Trey Lyles closely in this game. He had 16 points on 5 of 9 shooting, 4 of 3 from uh, 3-point range, played 18 and a half minutes in this game. All 18 and a half of those minutes were positive minutes. He played really, really well. I thought he played confidently, and he looked extremely comfortable in his role. Now, I asked Mike Brown about the decision uh, to, to, to have Trey Lyles play that much and what he's seen from Trey. And Mike was also very open and, and, and heaped a ton of praise on Trey and, and how Trey has improved his game. The neat part about this is coming from another team, and especially uh, running the defense, you can kind of tell these guys um, what, the, what we felt, what I felt their shortcomings were when we had to guard them or play against them. And I told Trey, I said, I said, Trey, when I was with the Warriors, I said, we told our guys to close short on you because we know that you want to shot fake and drive. And I said, you're way too good of a shooter for that. Ain't even close. You shouldn't be shot faking at all. Let that MF fly. And um, that's what he's doing. He's letting it fly. And he can shoot. He, he can be an elite shooter. And now the thing about it is he can do more than that. Um, he's playing extremely hard. He's trying to rebound for us. You know, defensively, he's trying to defend. Um, he, he just, just his presence on the floor is creating space for others. And now every blue moon, if they run you off the line, you have the skill set to go make a play. That's when you need to go make a play. And he's bought into that role. and He's been fantastic. I really like what Trey Lyles provides. With the exception of Malik Monk, who we'll talk about in a second, Trey Lyles is the most valuable player off this Kings bench. He's providing great minutes, he spaces the floor, he's hitting shots. Like Mike said, now that they're closing out hard on him, he's shown an ability to put the ball on the floor. He's making the right decisions. Defensively, he's not a liability by any means. He can rebound, and overall, he looks like he knows what his job is, and he's able to confidently and comfortably produce in that job. If you can get 18 minutes like this, I don't expect 16 points a game from Trey Lyles, but if you can get 18 solid minutes, where he's active and involved, even if he's not necessarily hitting shots like he did tonight, you take that every night from Trey Lyles for sure. You know, it's kind of disrespectful that I'm, I, I haven't talked about Harrison Barnes to this point because we've been very critical, not just me, a lot of us in the media here in Sacramento, fans on social media, we've been critical of how Harrison Barnes has started the season. Well, Harrison had a really good game tonight. And from the get-go, it looked like, okay, let's get Harrison Barnes involved. I don't know if that was a, a, a team decision or if that was a Harrison Barnes decision, from, but from the very beginning, Harrison was locked in. He was engaged on offense, even if he wasn't shooting or getting assists. The ball was in his hands every single possession. It felt like just as much as they were running through Domas, they were running through Harrison. They were getting him involved, even if it wasn't exactly leading to set plays for him. I don't, I don't recall the Kings really running a play for Harrison Barnes, but they still were emphasizing getting him involved, and he responded well to it. In the first eight or so minutes, he had five points, he had six rebounds, he had two assists, and he had a steal in the first eight minutes. I mean, compared to the stat line of zeros and ones that he put up in Golden State, I mean, that's an excellent stretch to start the game for Harrison. And he ended up finishing uh, with 20 points, nine rebounds, three assists, and two steals. I love it. I love that from Harrison Barnes. I don't expect 20 points a night. 
But it's good that on a night where Fox only got 16 and you weren't getting a massive performance from any one particular guy, Harrison stepped up. And if we're going to be critical of when Harrison struggles, we got to heap praise on when he plays well. This was a very solid, steady Harrison Barnes performance that he is capable of delivering for Sacramento on a nightly basis, and let's hope he gets back to that. Here's Harrison Barnes talking with the media after the win. Well, I think it was, it was good to, to get a win. I think last game, um, you know, we felt like we should have – Probably we should have won. We felt like we put ourselves in position to win, um, and to to not get that one uh, was tough. But I think to to battle back tonight um, was big. And I think you know the story of our team, story of this season is we're a resilient group. Uh, we have a lot of depth. Um, different guys will step up different nights, but collectively, as long as we have that buy-in, we'll be all right. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And I know if you took the Kings tonight, you made some money. It's always good for the Kings to win and for you to cash in, although I know there are some pessimists out there that expect the Kings to lose or who have at least made some compensation, emotional and monetary compensation, for the Kings letting you down a little bit. Well, pessimists, it wasn't your night. Optimists who made money, congratulations to you. And whether it's betting on Kings games, betting on props and side bets like uh, Keegan Murray's Rookie of the Year odds or the Kings making the playoffs or anything like that, or it's NFL football, college football, college basketball, of course, the NBA, uh, the World Series that just wrapped up, if you could, you bet on that, or niche sports like golf, MMA, boxing, Bet Online has it all for you. BetOnline not only provides you uh, the greatest lines and best way to, uh, to bet on sports, they also give you sports podcasts. You can find those at BetOnline as well, including the Locked On Kings podcast. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Two more guys I want to talk about, and then I'm chugging a bottle of NyQuil. Malik Monk. More energy right off the bench. After, uh, or on the, the Warriors post-game podcast, I talked about him being that energizer bunny, that spark that he provides, and how I'm hesitant to take him out of that bench role and put him into the starting lineup. Now, I still think it's a conversation worthy of having, although Harrison Barnes delivered a really, really good performance. But to me, Malik Monk is so essential to the Sacramento Kings with how he plays with that second unit, the energy and effort and intensity on both ends of the floor that he brings. Even if he's not the greatest defender in the world, he works hard, and that attitude, that energy is clearly infectious. And what I like that Mike Brown is doing now that he wasn't doing at the beginning of the season is even with Malik Monk coming off the bench, he's having Monk and Fox play a steady amount together. Like De'Aaron Fox was one of the first players out of the game tonight. Did you notice that? He was subbed out. Davion Mitchell, uh, or rather Malik Monk and Trey Lyles were subbed in. I can't remember who the, uh, I think it was Keegan Murray that was also subbed out early on in this game. But De'Aaron, being one of the first ones to be subbed out, set up the late first quarter, early second quarter minutes of Fox and Monk together in the backcourt. Clearly they have chemistry. It works really well together. It's working like a charm. And then towards the end, you saw Fox, Monk, and Herter, or Mitchell, Monk, and Herter. And those three guards, the amount of uh, scoring and shooting uh, that Herter and Monk provide really opens up a lot for Sacramento. So I think, personally, Malik Monk is in the perfect role for the Sacramento Kings right now. I would not move that. I understand if you feel like you need to make changes at this point, four and six start, even with how bad Harrison Barnes has played with the exception of a couple of games, I'm not adjusting that too much. I'm very happy with how Malik Monk is playing off the bench. If anything, if you change anything, sprinkle a few more minutes for him here or there, but I'm not too worried or concerned or, or making too many uh, switches. Chemezi Mentu, for the second straight game, took Rashawn Holmes' spot. Rashawn Holmes might have fallen out of the rotation. 
And I'll tell you, Chemezi Metu is doing what Rashawn Holmes should be doing. And what I mean by that is he's catching lobs, he's finishing aggressively at the rim. Like, the Kings are using Chemezi Metu how the Kings should use Rashawn Holmes, which makes me think that it's not just the Kings not using Rashawn correctly, Rashawn's also not playing as well as he should. I still think it's too easy to give up on Rashawn. I really do. I know defensively he has been atrocious, which is probably the major reason why he's fallen out of the rotation at this point. I understand rewarding Chemezi Metu. I think he's playing really, really well. But the, this is the second straight game where the Kings have thrown lobs for Metu at the rim, and he's thrown him down. Like, playing above the rim with that athleticism, that's Rashawn Holmes' game. In that pick and roll with lobs, that's Rashawn Holmes' game. And I didn't really see the Kings doing that at all with Rashawn in the first handful of games. I don't know if he's out of the rotation completely. I'd like to see him get back in and them try to emphasize him the same way they've been. And I, I, maybe emphasize isn't the right word because Metu is picking his spots. It's not like they're going to him necessarily, but here and there, Metu is providing big energy, attack the rim, aggressive moments. He's playing in a, in a very similar way with less minutes like Malik Monk is playing as an energizer, enforcer role in spot minutes off the bench, and it's really been helping the Kings. So I give Chemezi Metu a lot of credit. Still think it's too early to give up on Rashawn Holmes, though. Would like to see Mike Brown give him a little more opportunity. You know, being in this arena, it didn't surprise me at all that there was a, 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 a the fans were booing the referees, like here at center court before the game starts, they, they show the referees on the Jumbotron and, and Scott Moak, the PA announcer, who you hear at the beginning of every single Locked on Kings podcast, he introduces them, says their name and their experience and things like that. Kings fans were booing them already. That poor crew had nothing to do, as far as I know, uh, with the two controversial finishes on the road. But, I mean, that was kind of to be expected. And every single time there was a call that, that maybe went against the Kings a little bit, this crowd let them hear about it. So, doesn't surprise me at all. I'm glad that we don't have to worry about or talk about a last two-minute report or the officials. However, this is my second podcast that I'm recording today because I spoke with Steve Javi, who is a former NBA official, 25 years of experience, now is the NBA officiating analyst for ABC and ESPN. Go and check out that podcast if you haven't already. I don't want to get that to get brushed under the rug by this post-game pod because even if he says a lot of things that people are going to disagree with, and I'll be honest with you, I've read the comment section so far. I'm a little disappointed with how some of you have reacted to it. Because even if you disagree, it's important, I think, to have an open mind. Look, you saw and you heard me rant how frustrated I was with how the uh, refs screwed over the Kings, for lack of a better term, with the no call on Clay Thompson. I believe what Mike Brown believes, that refs bring in some kind of officiating bias into games, especially when they're refereeing the Kings. They expect the Kings to lose. Even if Steve shut that down in our conversation, it's still, to me, important to hear that perspective, especially from someone who's been in the moment. And I thought he was very transparent with the mistakes that he made. He didn't really speak for any other officials. He talked for himself. I thought it was a good conversation that we could learn a lot from. So please go and check that out if you haven't already. As you can tell, I'm not feeling my best right now. Also, uh, I'm in the process of moving, which is great. King season going, I'm moving, and I'm sick. It's like the trifecta of hell, but I'm getting through it. So I'm probably going to take the day off, so no Locked on Kings podcast tomorrow, but I'll be back with more podcasts later on in the week. Really appreciate your support as usual. I hope you enjoyed the win tonight. Looking forward to a win in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Yeah, I'm calling my shot. The Kings are a better team than the Lakers, even with LeBron James. They need to win that game. They should win that game. So we'll see if they're able to do so. Looking forward to doing a podcast after that. Appreciate your support again. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 